Hello, I'm Matt Peterson. And I'm Rich Trapier. And this is episode 37 of History on the Table. Rich, we got a we got a busy episode. There's all kinds of good stuff. I know, that's good though. I mean it's good that we're we're not sitting here just talking about how we didn't get any games played this month. Yeah, lots of stuff to go. We got a GMT update, which was early. Like I know. I th- I think they expected us to record last week. They didn't know about the con. Yep, right. So this is actually <laughs> probably going to go live in the first of May. Um, but it is it is April's episode, even though everyone listening to this is hearing it in May. Because there's no way I'm getting this done tonight. <laughs> Which is a good segue to May will be our final episode for about two months. <laughs> you should have let that just like sit there for a minute. <laughs> a little long. I thought about it. I was like, no, no, no. Uh, yeah, so if if you're not on our Discord and you're not on the Patreon, we're taking just a little pause while we welcome uh, Baby on the Table Part 2. And But we're going to fill your uh, ears with some side content. A little show called Deserted Island Dads, which is about Deserted Island games and playing games with family members and just all the shenanigans we may get up to and so you can expect i don't know three or four of those episodes to drop over june and july and then i think uh pick up again after historic fest exactly give a little historic fest recap and we're we're in it where we will both be attending so happy to see that yeah me too yeah i mean if i can guarantee one time i'll be able to play games between (laughs) you know after baby's arrival it is going to be historic fest excellent and speaking of Historic Fest, the little tidbit of news we have is, so May 19th will be the May to June, June the three-month deadline out, and there are two giveaways that you have to be registered for to be eligible by May 19th. One is free barbecue, so a tr- uh, not Trader Joe's, uh, Joe's Kansas City gift card. I claim that so one. <laughs> Can I claim it? I'm the you, first one to say something. <laughs> you, you may claim it, but I don't know if your claim is effective. Well, I can tell you, I'll be going there whether it's paid for with a gift card or not. Now, your wife is coming this year, right? She is, yeah. Has Have you ever taken her to Joe's? Uh, we've never been to Can- – well, I can't say that. We have been to Kansas City together, but it was, gosh, 20, 25 years ago at least. Yeah, and you took your daughters last year. Yes, yes, my youngest too. And this year it'll just be me and my wife, so yeah. Nice. They just wrapped up having a Hawaiian Z-Man. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah. So I didn't get a chance to have it. Pork and pineapple, I'm assuming? Yeah, on like a oh, Hawaiian really roll. Yeah. Yeah. I got to get another one of those Rocket Pigs for sure, and then we'll see where we go from there. Nice. Rocket Pig, Z-Man, you're set. Maybe a little burnt-in action. Mm-hmm. Speaking of burnt ends, nothing to do with the show, but I made burnt ends yesterday, and they were pretty freaking good. And I made them out of chuck roast instead of brisket. And oh, oh, very happy with the way they turned out. So there is barbecue to be had here in St. Louis, as you found out yourself. I did. I did. It was very good. I, and that pains me as a Kansas City <laughs> to say that St. Louis barbecue is good. But all props to pop, uh, smoke and salt and no, smoke. Salt and smoke. Yeah. Yeah. I had their burn ins. Um, I got some brisket and they gave me a choice of uh, fatty, lean or burn ins. And there's no choice. <laughs> yeah. No choice. It's burn ins all the way. Yeah. Sorry, so we do have I took giveaway. you off track, and you were talking That's about right. Historic Fest. Yeah, so one of the best places to go in Kansas City, and I think one of the cool sponsors we, we've gotten this year and the year before, and that's the World War One Museum and National Memorial. 
And so we're giving away two free passes to that. Yeah. It'll cover your admission, the World War One Memorial itself, the special exhibit. It does not cover war remains, but like that's totally worth it, right, Rich? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you got to do that. I went last year. I did the museum and I did war remains, and both are highly recommended. Nice. And like we said last year, if you if you go, whether you win the prizes or not, you should go. And then while you're in the area, if you have the time, you can do the Negro League Museum, you can do the Jazz Museum, or if you're short on time, just hop right across the street from the World War One Museum and just walk around Union Station. The renovation efforts from like, gosh, almost, geez, like 20 years ago or so are just super impressive uh, in Union Station. It's really cool. Nice. We do ha- we do have a GMT update. They they jumped the gun so fast this month. April 19th. Yeah, they did jump the gun. You know, I wonder if they were trying to get it out before Weekend at the Warehouse instead of delaying it because of Weekend at the Warehouse. Yeah, because that it was could be. that was last week as well. But I mean, I think our show is more important than Weekend at the Warehouse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure that people only get their GMT update from our show. They, they get the email. They're on the email list, but like, no, I need Matt and Rich. Yeah, to tell they me what's they, going they on hold here. it until we can talk about it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, so we'll talk about that at the end of the show, uh, and we'll go from there. Yeah. Or maybe they're just upset because we didn't buy a bunch of GMT games this month. Uh, you know, I think I just had one. Almoravid. <laughs> Almoravid was the only thing I was charged for this month. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I did not get that one. Um, so I got. Yeah, you're I've, holding out for the next levying campaign, right? Well, yeah, a couple. So I've I've got the uh, Plantagenet, and then. Uh-huh the the other english one i can't remember if it's called is it called henry i think yep yeah sounds right to me okay uh let's should we do the show yeah let's do it i don't have any other news so uh games on the shelf light month but we both have something to report yeah i don't know if you can really call it a game but i did get the u.s civil war update kit that was the, mm-hmm. that was the only new thing i added this month so um, but yeah, definitely good. I mean, it's got, it comes with, uh, it's basically new rule books. Um, I don't think there are any counters or anything. I can't remember offhand, mm-hmm. uh, but obviously it's, it's a great game and I'm looking forward to try checking out the, uh, the updates to the rules I had already seen, at least in some degree, cause they've got the living rules online. But the one thing I'm interested in seeing is what they did with the naval rules. Cause that For is sure. in there as well. Yep. Totally. Uh, yeah, same for me. I, I got the update kit. I finally like convinced myself, like, I don't want to reclip this. And <laughs> I don't really need it. So, update kit's here as well. And then the other thing is a game that I saw a whole bunch of people raving about, and that's Tarwa in 1943. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a solo game. So, the thought behind this is it looks easy enough to like set up uh, and probably play with one arm free while I'm holding a baby. Yeah, sounds like a uh, very timely game for you. Yeah. So this is from Worthington Games. It's a it's a Wiley Brothers game. It's uh, from what I gather, like hard as hell to win, and it's. Uh, but I, yeah, I like the, that for a solo game. Solo games shouldn't be easy, I think, because you're not playing that. against another person. You're only playing against yourself, so they should be tough. There you go. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It's a little bit like blocks are involved, but it's not. I don't <laughs> know if you count as a block war game because. Like, you know, right. I mean, it's the solo. The pieces are blocks. It's not. Right. Sure. And I guess the Japanese forces are masked, but like, there's no fog of war for you, obviously. Okay. So. Yeah. Anything that involves an amphibious invasion, I'm interested in. So 
I'd like to hear how this turns out for you. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know what to. Worthington isn't. Sometimes they have great things, and and then sometimes they don't. And the, I mean, they just like their games. They're not tend to be light, uh-huh. um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But when I think of Worthington, I think of light games. So, yeah, it, you know. Well, I I don't disagree with you. <laughs> they did have like uh, Band of Brothers and stuff, and that's yeah, that's a great tactical game. That that's it for for new stuff, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Uh, weird. <laughs> <laughs> so we did some reading this month. Um, nothing, nothing. I finished, but I did start a Frozen Hell by William Trotter, which is the Winter War. How is it? It's very good. Okay. It's it's. I'm nearly done with it. So by the time we record next month, I'll probably be done with like final thoughts on it. It it clips along nicely. It does this like I get why some nonfiction authors do this, but it does the like almost kind of talking in third person from from the narrator, the author's standpoint, mm-hmm. in the middle of like portraying the facts and that kind of pulled me away from the story a little bit. But it's weird. The one thing I'll say is like the similarities between what's going on in Ukraine today and what happened in the the winter war specifically. Is like there's just a lot of similarities. Yeah. You have this underdog that kind of kicks Russia's ass. Yeah, and now Finland is talking about joining NATO. So, right. <laughs> yeah, I don't really know much about the Russo-Finnish War. I mean, obviously, I know the absolute basics of it, but not really any details other than you know you see the memes about <laughs> Finnish snipers. So, right, right. I think this would be like this would be a really good one. It's under 300 pages, so okay. a short read. It and it's. It's big picture stuff. You're not there are I own more zoomed in and more detailed books on the Winter War or the Lapland War, or the continuation war. You know, pick your pick your finished World War Two conflict. But this one is just I think meant to be enjoyed and read and it's light and it's it's good. Yeah. And I know kind of skipping ahead, but I, I know we're gonna talk about one game later a little bit, but do you have a game about the Finnish Russo Finnish War, the Winter War that you love that you're like crazy about? Not yet, okay. Because when I got into war games, one of the first things I started P five hundreding was the reprint of Red Winter. Okay, like it was shortly after that. I was like, "Ooh, that sounds Is awesome!" That still P five hundred. I think it's over it, and like maybe we'll see it okay. this year, hopefully. Excellent. But no, I do, I don't have a finish, excluding ASL scenarios with Finns. Sure, I haven't found one that I love yet. Okay. What about you? you um, I read a book called Six Frigates by Ian Toll. Ian Toll's the same guy that wrote like the Pacific Trilogy and some other books. But Six Frigates is about the early American Navy. So it's like after the American War, the American Revolution. It covers basically the creation of the American Navy from the time of the, uh, the pseudo war with the French, the Barbary War, and the War of 1812. And basically just, you know, that... To, what's that 20 30 years 20 ish years um something like that and i will say i would be surprised if this is not my book of the year it was just fantastic and if i read a better book than this this year i'm gonna be over the moon wow so great great book i would highly recommend it it's it's got the background that you would want it's got a little bit of political stuff in there it's got the economics involved in the creation of the navy it's got some great battle stories and stories about the people that are involved in the war and 
Can't say enough about it. It's called Six Frigates by Ian W. Toll. Nice. And then I'm reading another book. You can tell I'm big into uh, naval stuff right now called Broadsides, The Age of Fighting Sail. Um, this one is... it. I think I would like it more if I had not just read an amazing book. You know, it's like reading a good book after a great book where it's not bad. It's not great. It's it's just it's decent. Um, This one basically covers just sort of the age of fighting sail, American, French and British navies. All it covers them all. It's sort of set against that. So the time period of this book is the life of Horatio Nelson, which I think is interesting because they keep coming back to him. But it's not about him, you know, so mm. obviously they cover battles and wars that he had nothing to do with at all. Um, but he's always just sort of lurking in the background as he progresses through his career. So um, it, huh. it's good. It's not great. Um, I'm enjoying it, but it, it's not as good as Six Frigates. So go with go with the toll book. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, I've I've already marked Six Frigates as uh, to read. And since this is supposedly the year of naval war gaming it is yeah <laughs> then uh that seems appropriate did you do the audiobook yes yeah. of six frigates yep great narration uh yeah it was good i mean it wasn't like wow this is fantastic over the moon but there was nothing to take away from it at all so it was good when i mean t- there's no negatives about the the narration at all okay it's good all right well, you and I had a busy month. We yeah. We got lots of games to talk about. My, most of mine are a, a recap of Advance After Combat's Donkey Kong, which is a convention geared towards playing monster games. Um, but I, I played a lot of other stuff while I was there first, and we got a lot to get to, so I think we should just Yeah, jump it. right into it. I couldn't go to Donkey Kong this year because uh, I had to work, but I did get to go visit a little bit, which was nice. And play. You played a little I bit. I did, yeah. Last. I got to play a little bit, so... So, the full name of this game is Arcola, The Battle for Italy, 1796. And so, I think I think if you just grab the box, it's just called The Battle for Italy. Interestingly enough, this is an early Kevin Zucker design from 1979. It's published by Avalon Hill. Um, it has some... So, this covers the French versus um, Habsburgs? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I mean, I guess it would have to be. It would, yeah, it would be the French versus Habsburgs if it's 1796. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, which makes more sense. Yeah. And so it's very light. Um, you have very few counters on the board. Like, each side has, you know, maybe five counters on the map. And it's very much a, a game about maneuvering, using road movement to your advantage to either exit off the map as the Austrians, who have a very low chance of actually activating or holding um, one city um, before the French can either, if the French leave the city and you take it from them, or um, if if they come and drive you out of Verona. Very small map, very quick plane. I think if you, like on BGG, it's like $10. It's probably worth that. The downside is it's, it's roll to move, which we know can work in GCACW. But this is like, I guess, sorry, it's not roll to move, it's roll to activate. Okay, and the Austrians' rolls for activation are like they can get one free activation on their turn, but everything else is like I think you have one three and then twos and ones, mm-hmm. and so you move on your turn, then your opponent moves, then it's your opponent's turn, and then you get a reaction movement, and you don't get your free move on the reaction movement, and it 
it felt a little bad. My bot, I just kept rolling like six, 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 six. And I lost a lot of activations in the first round. And then we played again right away, and I was able to get the activations, and I maneuvered around my opponent, and like I was ready to step off the map. I was like, well, let's do it another way. And I like pulled my guys back on the map and fought out a little bit um, just to like see it play out more. Mm-hmm. Look, for $10, the game's fine, but you're getting what you pay for here. Yeah, so how'd this one come up? Because, I mean, I've never even heard of this game before. Yeah, I guess our buddy Paul had it, okay. and he just brought it with it, and I he I think even like punched it while we were there. Okay, and it's a quick game, I assume. Yeah, super quick. I mean, BGG listed as an hour and a half okay. or an hour, um, and it's way faster than that. I think, especially once you know it. Um, there's no rule like no real rule ambiguities or anything like that. It's just you know it's designed in 1979. So hmm. interesting. I mean, like, if I saw it somewhere, like, if I was at a con or something, someone on a used table, I'd do it because it's it's a small box. That's the other thing. It won't take up any space on the shelf. And then on the table, it's, like, 12 by 8 or something, like, 14 by 8 or something. It's small. Interesting. All right. Yeah. Cool. So that's the battle for Italy. Pretty good. All right. Um, at our monthly game day last this month, I guess it's still April, I, we played uh, Thunder at Dawn, which is the Revolution Games. Mm. So we've talked about we've talked about Thunder in the Ozarks. Um, it's in that same series of games from Revolution Games. This one is the Battle of Wilson's Creek. Uh, this one just came out last year, and I picked it up when it as soon as it came out because obviously it's a game that it's a battle that took place here in Missouri, and I was interested really really good addition to the series um i think i like it even better than the p ridge game it's a smaller footprint so the p ridge game is great nothing wrong with it at all but it's 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 a two mapper and it almost feels like two battles going on side by side in the same at the same time which Uh is accurate to the history um thunder at dawn is a it's it's just a one map game um fewer number of counters um the thing i like about it though is the scale is a little different and the artillery has a much longer range so you can realistically get artillery shots at i don't remember exactly but i want to see something like six eight hexes so it's much longer sight lines there's places you can get your artillery up and um it just i just enjoyed it quite a bit it's only got three scenarios in there but the three scenarios that are in the game are really cool because one is the historical scenario. It's basically, this is how it happened. The second one was general Lyon's initial plan before his, you know, colonels, whoever talked him out of it. And then the third one is just a free setup. You know, the defenders are here. You can attack from any direction you want. So fun, fun game. I like playing it a lot. This one's definitely going to get played again, maybe in Wilson's Creek next year. (laughs) Uh, There you go. I like that idea. Yeah. Nice. So, have you played Upfront? I have not. I've seen it played. There's a guy that has brings it to our monthly game day like almost every month, and I think they did play it this month, but I've never played it. So, there's a two-player submarine uh, naval game called Attack Sub mm-hmm. that shares a lot of similar similarities, and I was able to play this at Donkey Kong, and it's very it's fun. It's like you pick your ships, you get like a scenario. And I did both, like, submarine on submarine, and then I did uh, uh, surface ships versus submarines. And you're dealt a hand of cards based on the number of ships you have, and you can do you can get some cool things like increase your hand size. And basically, you play one card for each ship. 
and you, maybe you're running sonar, either active or passive, to you know ping your opponent to get a locate them. Or once you have enough location markers on them, maybe you're dropping a sub or a, a torpedo, or maybe you're trying to close the distance or spread out to to lose those markers, and you're just playing cards back and forth. This ship's doing this. This ship's doing this. So and is then it res- is it kind of like um, tank duel? Where you have cards but no real map, right? Okay, right. And so there's no you don't track distance so much as you just track contact with your sonar or when you open or close distance that that rem- removes those contact markers or it bumps them down a scale. So okay. it's even less even less so than tank duel. Uh, and then let's say you're going to attack, you have ratings on all your ships; they're different. You flip over the card you're looking to beat that number in, in some way. I don't remember if you're going higher or lower. I think you're going lower. And you just flip over the card, you look at the number and see what happens. And then if you hit, let's say I hit you with a torpedo, I flip it over again, and that tells me where I hit you. And most of the times if you score a hit, they're going down. But, like, you can get bigger shifts that can withstand more hits or the, their, like, targeting can lose effectiveness or attacks can lose effectiveness. Um, I think it's fun as, like, a, a quick game like hey let's let's do a short scenario for 30 minutes mm-hmm. uh braxton was telling me like you can get you can really spread out in this game and i don't know if that would be quite as fun spread out I, mean like more subs yeah like if i had like i don't know how big it goes but if i had 10 ships i think this maybe overstays its welcome it's better than modern naval battles, and that's that Navy yeah. game we played last year at a Historic sure. Fest. They're very similar. Okay. I like this more, though. Okay, cool. That's a that's a tax sub. It's an old Avalon Hill game from the 90s. Excellent. Uh, another game I played, I actually played this at Donkey Kong when I came up just for, for the evening, uh, played Aerocourt, which I think I talked about playing that last month as well, Solitaire, but this time I played it against someone. This is the latest game in MMP's BCS series. Uh, It's a a late war battle in France between the Americans and the Germans. Um, The kind of the big difference between this one and the other BCS games is the scale of the game. So this is a one map game. The counters and the hexes are bigger. So they're, I guess, three quarter inch instead of half inch. They're definitely bigger. Um, and the whole game is just, it's much more compressed because it's all on one map. Not as many formations. The formations that are there tend to be smaller, although the Germans have a couple big ones. Um, it's its a good game. It's a great BCS game. If you are interested in learning BCS, I would highly suggest you get this one as your first one just because it's easier to jump into. Um, the Americans actually start out in a pretty interesting position where one of their cav groups is completely overextended and the Germans can sweep in and cut them off pretty quickly. And then you're fighting for, basically there's three towns that are victory hexes and then the fourth victory point that's awarded every turn is for whoever uh, has lost the least number of armor units so it's bcs era court and it's uh it's really good i'm gonna play that some more some more for sure nice well another new game i got to play was (laughs) planes indian wars from gmt games rich i've talked about 1754 conquest and gladly recommend it okay similar type of game actually i think planes indian wars is intended to be some kind of redesign or another designer's um I like own take on the birth of America series. I think 1754 is the best in the birth of America series. And so planes Indian war, just like those Academy game games are 
um, cube games, you know, your forces are cubes on a map and you move area to area and you select a card and that's going to tell you how many groups of cubes you can move and how far you can move them. And then also this game has a transcontinental railroad. So the railroad runs across um, the the Midwest and you, you, you either play settlers, cavalry, um, Northern Plains Indians, Southern Plains Indians, and then you activate the, the railroad. And even better yet, it takes place largely in, in Kansas. So, like, pretty cool sounding game, right? Like, Cavalry, Plains Indian Wars, a, a fresh take on that. It can play four players. You know, turn activation is different. It's set in the Midwest, and it's trains and war games. Like, that all sounds great, right? Sounds fantastic. How about you loved it? Yeah, it was a big whiff, and it's it's really hard for me to put my finger on this because I identify what, like, the space that 1754 resides in is great. It's a light war game. You can play it with four people. You can play it uh, with two people. It's got interesting turn activation and game end mechanics, and this just, like, never felt as satisfying. They both are, you push all your cubes into an area, and you roll until someone's dead or you reach a reach a peace treaty hmm. and so you can like gear up for this big combat and like i push all my cubes and you push all your cubes in or we're both ready to fight and then we both roll a treaty and then it's done and we don't actually get to fight yeah. and thematically yeah okay i can buy that but it doesn't feel good yeah and i don't really like it yeah, well, it's disappointing from your perspective, from my perspective. We talked about this when the all the GMT games came a couple months ago, and I listed this as one of the ones that I kind of wished I had pre-ordered. So uh-huh. now I'm glad that I hadn't. <laughs> Look, if someone's, if I had a, a kid in middle school or something like that, mm-hmm. this is this is fine. Like this is this is one or two steps above risk. It's got this cool thematic, but even the train, half the train stuff doesn't work because f- to advance from the west coast, you're just rolling dice and you need to get two hits on the dice when you roll. And if you don't, they don't advance and you can't do anything with the people in the west until you get over the mountains. And so you roll and nothing happens. And you roll and nothing happens. And yeah, sure, eventually you can get enough settlers from the east to have the train come in from the east. But by that point, the game's probably over. If you have set there's that far west, it got to this weird point where like the game board was scarce. Yeah. And it sounds and, like there's other games you'd rather play in its place anyway, like seventeen fifty four. Right. And that's so if I was if I was gonna recommend something this and if someone was interested in this, I would honestly just tell them to look at the seventeen fifty four titles. Yeah. I do have a question, though. Have you played Bleeding Kansas? I've not. Okay, because I think it's the same designer. And I'm curious about that, because that was one that, I don't know, I've got a friend that played Bleeding Kansas, and he seemed to enjoy it, but it never looked that interesting to me. So from what you're saying about this and that, it sounds like they have some similarities as well, as far as the the movement of cubes, at least. Yeah, and I'm not even like, I know, you know, we got some rads in for playing a cube game, and that's that's none of what I dislike. Well, I mean, it's I not dislike. a cube game. It's, it, it, I mean, it has right, cubes right. as pieces, I, but yeah. I, that is the least important thing to me when it comes to, if, if you're represented by cubes or whatever, I don't I don't care. Yeah. The, the bigger issue here is, for some reason, this game 
checked so many right boxes and didn't it didn't have the same interesting game end mechanic Mm. the game ends either when the railroad's done or when people are done playing cards there's no like early termination um and then i don't know i it just it just fell flat which is too bad because it it could have been a really cool introductory war game okay that might be one to put on the list at the end of the year for you yeah right because i don't right i'm i will not be holding on to this <laughs> uh i'm not gonna talk about it too much because i've talked about it a lot recently but i'm still playing vietnam 65 to 75 it's still fantastic i'm taking a couple weeks off just because of work but hopefully when we get back into it um not this monday but the monday after hopefully we're going to start playing some of the uh, more extended campaign stuff as well and i'll start playing around with that but i will say this game is so good even if all you play is the operational scenarios uh that masher white wing scenario is like the perfect evening game i mean it takes it takes three hours to play you know maybe two if if you both really know the rules well and it's just there's so many decisions to make it's brutal the victory conditions are brutally hard for the allies to win that game but it doesn't matter it's just fun so Vietnam 65 to 75. Go play it. If you want to hear more about that game, make sure you keep an eye open for June for the first episode of Dads on a Map because that game got... or uh, <laughs> Sorry, Dads on a Map is... <laughs> Let me... If you want to hear... <laughs> Just take that again. That's a completely other podcast. You know what? Maybe I'll leave it in there. You can keep an eye out for the June episode War of Dads on a Map. But, <laughs> Herald yeah, right. Games. Right. You will miss the Vietnam 1965 discussion, 1975 discussion, because it'll be in des- desert, deserted island dads. Holy shit. I'm leaving this all in there. I'm not taking it out. Um, where that game got a lot of talk, and even our guests said that without playing the campaign stuff just the operational stuff make it one of the best war games ever designed yeah absolutely someone was asking me recently i don't remember if it was discord or somewhere else but like if we don't play the the campaign stuff is this game worth it absolutely nice yeah so like i i last year we i did some youtube videos about like painting talking about warhammer and stuff and i finally finally had a chance to play at least some warhammer I played Warhammer 40k Kill Team. Nice. Which is the tactical uh, version of Warhammer. It is was a that, blast. It was is so that on a 3x3 three cool. three board then? Or is it? How big is that? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, it was a little square it's a board. Smaller one. That, okay. Yeah, cool. it is. Uh, what's interesting, and I won't spend a whole lot of time on this because we're not a minis based podcast or anything like that. Well, the reason I wanted to talk about it is it's so interesting to like. There are a lot of parallels between this and ASL or Band of Brothers or ATS when you know, pick your poison. Um, obviously they're different with, you know, line of sight rules and all this other stuff, but it is, there are some similarities between tactical hex encounter and tactical mini games. And I just thought that was cool. A a really fun, had a blast playing it. Some really cool, like thematic rules with different factions. And, um, you can do like ongoing kind of like storylines and develop your kill team and have permanent death and, and really get some cool creative missions. And that, that's, uh, that's really appealing to me cool so here's a historical game um that we played at donkey Kong. it's called the king is dead Mm -hmm. and so you have the welsh scottish and english all vying for control (coughs) of england and it's kind of a each there's different uh there's eight regions on the map 
and each player also has eight action cards. Those action cards can all be played, you know, in the first round of the game. But each, each round, you're going to score a different region of England. And so what, is this historical? I thought this was a fantasy game. No. The King is Dead? Yeah. No, no, no. This is, I mean, it's historical, but it's it's political cubes on a map. Okay. All right, cool. For some reason, I was thinking, I, I never played this one for some reason reason i always thought this was a fantasy game but go for it sorry no no and i even even calling it a historical game it's it's really a uh, area domination game with cubes okay and so like the red cubes are england and so if red's dominant in this area um red will take it over if red and yellow are tied the french are going to sweep in and claim that territory and at the end of the game if the english have claimed the most territories and rich you have the most english cubes you win the game Okay. Um, if we're tied on English cubes, then we look to see who's second. And even if you have eight English or four English cubes, and I have four English cubes, and I have one Scottish cube, and Scotland's in second, then I'll win the game. Uh, and then you have a whole bunch of Wales, and Wales is in third place. Doesn't matter. If the French get three f- strongholds in England, then it's a different type of. You look at the the cubes in a different manner to see who wins the game. You will take eight actions period whether you do it on the first round or you do it spread throughout the game over the course of the game you have eight cards and it's how you manipulate the cubes on the map and which cubes you draft to kind of win this area majority game it's very fun it's very light like super super duper light game maybe plays in 20 30 minutes with a lot of room for just like decision making no real engagement or anything but just like manipulating the board is really interesting Hmm. i like that finite eight actions it's Kind of like, I don't remember which uh, 18xx game it is, but there's a one that always goes 10 rounds and that's it. Right, right. And this is like, you can take those eight actions spread throughout. You can save them up to the end. You can go for like, all right, I'm going for it. And here I go, you know, first turn, go crazy. Knock yourself out. I don't know if it's a good idea. <laughs> um, so this is, yeah, it's The King is Dead. We played the second edition from Osprey Games. Cool. Very good. Nice. We played Dune. Yeah. The, not Dune Imperium, but Dune Dune. I don't know if, uh, like, it was good. It, it lived up to every expectation I had. I'd played a couple rounds in Seemed the past. Seemed like you guys were having a good time. Yeah. I think it it would doom rewards continuous play. One, to learn, like, and develop metas. Mm-hmm. To learn how factions interact with each other. And then also, like, ratchet down on, on game length. Okay. So I have a question about Dune, actually. I noticed yeah. um, you guys had alliances going. Uh-huh. Are the alliances preset like at the no. beginning of the game or is it totally player yeah you know, completely player driven okay, cool. and they can only happen at certain times okay and you can only break them at certain times okay cool because it seemed like and maybe it's just the way the game's set up i mean i i only saw the movie for the first time a few weeks ago that's the first time i've ever seen anything dune but i'm like oh the emperor and the ark and the harkonnens are aligning yep. that makes sense you know just so and there was another alliance i can't remember who it was but like oh yeah you guys are just like in the movie so i didn't know if if they were preset or not Yep, no, completely player-driven. And what's interesting about Dune, um, and I think it just speaks to the quality of Dune, is, yeah, each faction has their own mechanics, but this is just another game of mechanically simple, but deep in player negotiation and politics. And even the game-win conditions are are relatively straightforward. Sure, you get some, some factions can win with alternate win conditions that are thematic, but generally speaking, if you're not in an alliance, you win by controlling three strongholds. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you're in an alliance, you need four. And okay. battle is just you commit your troops, and whoever you commit, if you win, are going to die. If I send eight guys and you send zero guys and I win, all eight of my guys are dead. If you are the loser, you lose all of your guys as well. Um, and that's, like, kind of combat. And then, But there's all this, like, you can buy and sell information. You can cut deals for whatever and that's where the beauty of dune comes in it was it was a lot of fun to finally finally get a full play of this in um i could see this being like a regular convention occurrence um wherever i go yeah i'm gonna have to play that one sometime mitch and i were just talking about it today actually nice so the last game we're gonna double dip this month because i unfortunately really have no desire to like ever <laughs> revisit this game and if if we don't do it now then we won't ever do it so we're gonna rank it yeah and i want it and we talked about it a game this big um you know it's i'm probably not gonna play this one so it makes perfect sense for us to throw this on the list now right i would not encourage you to play this <laughs> so the game we're talking about is the second world war hakapale and the the very very short of this is this game is completely and unremarkably just fine Mm -hmm. it's which is i mean to say a game is just fine is is not terrible but when you're talking about a game that's this big and this intricate it's like why are they doing all this for you know the 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 juice is not worth the squeeze on this one from what it sounds like that is what everyone has asked me. And my the best thing I've been able to say is, like, you have an industrial juicer for a juice shop, <laughs> and you threw one lemon in there for your tiki cocktail, and you need one ounce of lemon juice. Like, that's kind of what's going on here. Here's my bigger problem with it just being fine. I'm fine if the rules are complex and, like, kind of a mess. We have games on the list that are good with messy rules. The bigger issue is the cost of this game. Sure, yeah. And you know what the the so and how many TSW, how many TSW w games are there? Okay, so there are several, and so I learned when I was playing this that this is a continuation of the Europa series. Okay, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, at least seven games in one of the bundles. Okay, and I'm I'm not gonna dig in too deep to it, but there's there's several of them. And so, if you're unfamiliar with the series, it's it's produced by the Knowledge Company, and they're out of England, and they're very expensive games. They don't have the best production quality. Again, those aren't things I care about that much, other than that the cost is so high. And so, this is a supply-driven game. Um, and the cool thing you can do is I can take Hakapale and combine that with Operation Barbarossa, and there's mechanics built in for those games to interact, and you can make this massive world war ii game and it's supposed to be this world war ii sandbox and hakapale germany can invade sweden and sweden u.s can get in, involved in the defense of finland and your finland game directly impacts when barbarossa kicks off that's the selling point is this is world war ii in a sandbag sandbox with way more detail combat detail than something like axis empires that's why i was interested in this sure and as well as it being uh finland 16 games in the series by the way i just looked thank it up. you wow it's the the biggest problem i think is the extra rules like and, and i guess supply isn't really an extra rule but any of the cool stuff or any of the more detail we wanted to get into the rules were not 
good. Like, it was really hard to parcel them out. And, like, I'm not an expert at things, yeah. but generally speaking, like, I was playing with Paul, and Paul's a guy that's played a lot of war games. I've played a lot of war games, and we were both just, like, bashing our heads against the supply rules, and they never really clicked. Yeah. Sounds like you had some map issues, too. I remember you and Paul were yes. talking. You fell back, and you're like, oh, there's no fortifications there or whatever it was. Oh, yeah. It was just the maps aren't, one, they don't, they aren't very exciting. Yeah. And then two, good luck reading the numbers when you're playing on the table. And three, the ca- the hex size doesn't like stacking points are like forty six stacking points, so you can have massive stacks in a hex, and the hexes are about the width of your counters. Yeah, and they're small. Yeah, and, and you had some counters. you had some off board to, uh, for stacking too, didn't you? Because yeah, I remember yeah. when I first walked up to your game. It was off board, so I, this wasn't actually on the map. But you had a stack of counters at least fifteen high. Yeah. Yep. Totally. <laughs> and then, so we go through all this process. Like we set up all these ships, and we have these coastal defenses, and like, yeah, the details there. But and then it really didn't matter. And where combat started out really interesting. Like combat started as a strong point, but then I really quickly saw it's downside and, and i'll make this quick but essentially you have three different type of combat units mechanized cav non-mechanized okay they each have hex and weather and hex side modifications that can impact them this game uses multiplication so if you're coming in with you know infantry and you're attacking across the river and you have your national combat effectiveness of 1.4 so let's say you're attacking with eight you're going to multiply eight by 1.4, then you're going to consider the hex side, then you're going to consider mm-hmm. the terrain. So maybe it's 8 times 1.4 times 0.75 times 0.5. That's your final number. Yeah. That that sounds great. I actually really like that at, at first. And then the problem is, is you have to do that for all three types of those units in the hex you're attacking with. And if you're attacking for multiple hexes, it's different calculations for each hex, depending on the type of hex side they're crossing. And at that point, it's too much to be like, okay, this this group in my stack is 36 combat factors. All right, let me do the math over here. This group is 12. And I liked that at first, and then I just realized, like, mm, this is losing its <laughs> luster really quickly. Yeah. I don't want to, again, fine yeah. hex encounter war game. What really... The best thing about this game is the amount of research that goes into these games. It just comes through. Like, I was reading a Frozen Hell while playing this game. Mm-hmm. Like, I started it in anticipation of this game, and it captured fighting on the finished front like wonderfully. It played out as I expected. Like, I got my my teeth kicked in, um, and so the Russians were able to do much better than they did historically. But it just it the game seemed to play out as history intended um, or as history played out, I should say. Yeah. So the research is there. The problem, I just think this is another, like for a game of this scale and cost, it could really use some more development, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to pay that much money and put that much time into learning a game, it's got to be worth it. And I don't know if it, is you know you know what my honest takeaway was just play ocs yeah yeah because similar scale 
similar supply rules. You so basically the supply the supply in TSWW much like OCS. You basically have trace supply, and then you also have to move in supply and and eat that down to pay for like combat effectiveness. You don't have to do that each time you do something. Just kind of for the turn. Like all right, they're good. They have full attack capabilities. Yeah. I guess one of the positives, and there's lots of OCS games out there, but if you are looking for some specific theater, you know, this might be, because there's 16 of these out there, I was just sort of browsing through the list. There's a lot of stuff in here that you may not be able to find in other places. So it looks like there's Madagascar. I can't think of another <laughs> World War II Madagascar game. There's there's uh, Invasion of Crete, which there are other games, but, you know, that's that's a cool battle to model. So, you know, I could see if you're, if you're into this because you're looking for something specific, which is probably what you were doing for Finland. Yep, exactly. And so when I when I got this game, they were running a cell, and I also got Op- Operation Recur, which that's the Crete game. Sure. I guess after all of this, if you're like, hey, I wanna I wanna like, what's this guy talking about? The nice thing there is that that's a smaller rule set, and it's also like a much much cheaper game mm-hmm. for Operation Recur. So if you really want to try this out, you can. And look, I I well, was I was hard on it. This game, Barbarossa. <laughs> that's the other thing like yeah okay this this i mean this that, sounds that's, awesome. that's like campaign for north africa right there it's you're never going to play that game <laughs> exactly and that's where like and that's what um our buddy paul said is <laughs> like cool you can plug this in with the rest of world war ii right but like do you have a gym that like you can access you know so again I, i'm i'm bad i'm bashing on it somewhat it's not as bad as maybe I'm bashing it. It's just a fine war game. Paul Paul had sent us an email and he's he uh we we were talking about he wanted to talk about the the isolation rules. Mm-hmm. And I do think this game models forming pockets pretty well, whether they're completely in isolation or they have like a, a really extended supply line. And so it's the one kind of interesting, I think, was like it was increasing degrees of severity, almost like increasing degrees of fatigue in GCACW, but different than that. And so you can be isolation one, isolation two, or you can be like completely cut off one, two, three, four, and it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse. And that's end up he formed a pocket around a huge chunk of my fins, and twice I had to fight out. And eventually, the second time I fought out, I fought out. I then trapped my main Finnish forces north of his main thrust, and he was able to then hold those guys and then sweep into the west and move towards Helsinki while the rest of my army was kind of stuck in uh, east middle Finland. Mm-hmm. And so those were those there were some really cool stuff here. The air combat wasn't what I wanted it to be. You just kind of went in and did the thing, and even if you won the air, like if there was escorts. That's kind of it. Um, and you didn't really make much progress in the air. So there were some good things like the isolation, a good idea for combat, you know, movement and stuff like that was all fine. But there was also some real sinkers. But yeah, there you go. Feel like a- Do you want to rate it now or rate it later? Yeah. yeah, let's just get it out of the way. All right. 
All right, so so fine games. I'm thinking in the terms of like Angola, Bloody April, mm-hmm. Hold Fast Korea, right? So we're looking at the like high 30s, low 40s of the list. Yeah. I'm just gonna say that this I'd pro. Oh gosh, there's, um, I I don't want to spend too much time on this. I Angola is better. Bloody April is probably like I'd rather give Bloody April another chance than this. Hold Fast Korea is just kind of a yeah. It's a game. It's a block game, and you kind of maneuver. It's fine. I think that's where it goes. Sounds good to me. I'm not going to argue since I haven't played it. I am going to say, though, in regards to Bloody April, I'm probably going to play that sometime in the next couple months. So so I will either agree with you, or maybe that will be a candidate for end-of-the-year move. Well, we'll see. Yeah. I'm not confident. But... <laughs> so that's that's TSWW Hakapale. Um Got it. And that's going to number 40, number 40, just about, I think it's sure it's better than hold fast Korea in terms of design. Like it's a labor of love. Like it's a cool thing that they've put so much time and effort into this, but then like, they just need someone to like put the map key. And I get why you don't put the map key on the map because then you're going to put all the maps together. But like not many people are going to spend 2,000 pounds to buy every game <laughs> that you've come out with. So just put the map key on yeah. the map so I don't have to flip through. There were 30 charts, Rich, that and we ref- and they would have like one tiny line of information. Yeah. And then it's like it ended up being like a chart we'd have to keep going back to, but then you got to flip through 25 charts yeah. like I mean way so- too many Somebody's going to do this as a con game and they're going to play it for 2 days and never touch it again, but other than that. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. I I do really like the organization, I, the 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 people I've dealt with from the knowledge company and the people behind TSWW are great. Mad props to them. I like. I hope they keep doing this and putting effort into this. But I really think that they should get um just some more like development to turn this into a mainstream game because yeah. right now it's really niche. Well, it'd be interesting to see if they could take what they have and try to make a small game out of it. Kind of like what Goss did in Hanut 40. Yeah. Well that they have operation recur. That's the smaller rule set they've tried. I don't know if it's okay. good. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to look into it. I have it, but I'm not going to keep it. All right. <laughs> so, so anybody wants to buy Hakapala, I know where you can get a copy. <laughs> yeah. Hakapala operation recur or their free tactical game that came with it. Um, <laughs> foxhole which i was excited about trying but i <laughs> so those may uh shift to the sword quest prize pool. <laughs> all right before we play a game we have a giveaway that's right we do and to be honest so, i don't remember how we decided we were going to do the giveaway yeah so we were talking about it that's okay i fortunately for both of us uh remember so i had talked about battle above the clouds and a uh, Casey, a listener, sent me a copy of Battle Above the Clouds. And I said, wow, that's really generous. That's super kind of you. Let me like return the favor. And Hood Strikes North, which I think to be as a good introductory GCACW game, let me get that to someone. I've played my copy. Let me share the love. So that's that's how we ended up with a giveaway. And then the giveaway rules were on our Twitter page and then on... In our Discord group, you had to be a member of our Discord um, to be eligible for the giveaway. Yeah. And then you had and to Discord's take a feedback poll. Discord's been growing. We're getting new members. It's good. Yeah. 
All right, you have not seen this list, correct, Rich? Correct. All right. You can either do a random die roll num- or random number generator, or you may pick a number between 1 and 30. 1 and 30? Yeah. I know what number I'm going to pick. I should do it randomly instead, though. Okay. All right. You haven't seen the list, though. I don't want to. I haven't seen it, but I, I'm gonna. I I would pick fourteen for sure. So, but I'm gonna Google random okay. number, one to thirty. Yep. And that number is twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Yep. Salty Wendigo. Hey, Caleb. Congrats, Caleb. We'll be in contact. I think Caleb told me his room was booked at a Stork Fest. Oh, nice. So if he wants to pick it up locally, I can hold it for him, or we'll be in contact uh, for Caleb to grab your copy of uh, Hood Strikes North. So congrats, Caleb. I can't remember if Caleb's played GCACW before or not. I don't know. So. I don't remember talking to him about it, but who knows? Yeah. Congrats. Congrats. Uh, awesome. Well, there's our there's our giveaway. Rich. Oh, no. I dread this time. (laughs) Can I just take the nine? (laughs) No, I want to play. I actually do enjoy it. Rich, I have terrible news. Do you not have a game for the war game? I don't have a game. Oh, no. And, like, usually, like, I'll sit down, like, 15 minutes like 15 minutes before we record and i'll be like oh shit i forgot to do a game but i was so excited to record it i had like i I had messaged you i said hey i just need like i just got home i just need to relax a little bit so here's what we do we cut all this out and i'm gonna get it on the first guest this time (laughs) (laughs) is it submarine is submarine a game yeah it's a game it's an old avalon gill game i was thinking about it because you're talking about attack sub (laughs) that's not what i was was thinking oh man i can't even get it when i cheat okay you know what here we can do this (laughs) i just won't have the list to keep it i'm i'm confident we can do this okay all right so um i have i have my game okay well it's not submarine i'm assuming (laughs) that'd be funny there was a second submarine that popped up and i was that'd be really messed up to make you go for that all right all right, folks, this is a, uh, a live war game game. I mean, it's always live, but at least I have my, my, my cues lined up. Okay, so you may get 10 clues, you may get less. Uh, what's, your, what's your free guess? I'm looking at my games. Uh, to take Washington. No. No, all right. Uh, this is a 1992 game. Yeah, I figured it had to be old, something older. Uh, 1992. It's just gotten out of high school. I wasn't playing war games then. Um, I don't know. I can't name it. It's some, something from Great, Great Samurai from Great Battles History. I don't know. Nope. Okay. V- very, very far off. <laughs> I'll add. Um, this is an operation scale involving both air, air-ish, and land operations. Operational scale, air-ish, and land. Well, my next guess was going to be Knights of the Air, but I don't think that's it. Um, go on. I can't okay. think of one. Um, this game was published by FASA Games. FASA. Yeah, the original acronym for FASA was Fredonian Aeronautics and Space Administration. Oh, my. 
And then Gosh. they changed it to FASA. You're killing me here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> buffalo wings. It's not that. But... Nope. No. Uh, next clue would be these are. Actually, I'm going to pull that cue back because I don't know if that's actually accurate. Okay, this is a sci-fi game. Oh, okay. Um, a sci-fi game. You know, it's funny because I was trying to think of some sci-fi games. I figured we were due for one of these at some point. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. What's the one that uh, has the different... I see... Uh, it's not it, but I'll say Federation and Empire. Nice. No. Uh, so I alluded to those an operational scale. And so operational sci-fi that simulates an entire planetary invasion. Makes sense if it's sci-fi. Which ties into the both air and ground actions, whereas air really means space here. I'm quickly fearing that this is going to be a game I haven't heard of. But I'm going to start. I'll continue to guess games I have heard. What is the one? Oh, I know it comes in multiple parts. It's a sci-fi game. I see it on Facebook. Um... Uh, I can't think of the name of it. Keep going. Okay. Um, let's see. How many cues have 92 operational FASA sci-fi planetary. So we've had Down five. Down five. All right. Okay. Uh, the designers are Kyle, Carl, excuse me, Carl Heisterman and Sam Lewis. Never heard of them. <laughs> let's go ahead and go to six. That's six. <laughs> no, that was six. Uh, this is part of... FASA's Renegade Legion series. Okay, so Renegade Legion is a game I was trying to think of. Yeah, I thought you might be. Yeah. This is part of that series, but... So we're at seven clues. Renegade Legion ha- is is the game as far as I'm... Oh, gosh. No, no, no. Uh, so you have a one in five chance? Is I think it, there's five Renegade Legion titles. Oh, I'm not going to get this. Because I don't know that. I mean, I know that this Renegade Legion exists. That's the one I was trying to think of. But the individual titles in that series, uh, I'm just going to start like making up words. Uh, Renegade Planetary. <laughs> you know what? Uh, there's way more. There are 19 Renegade Legion titles. Oh, my uh, gosh. Titles. You, are, you are wrong. There are five that this game can integrate with into a bigger game. Um, I tell you what. You're on clue eight now. If you give me one Renegade Legion title, I'll say you got it. If not, we'll have to rhyme. All right. Renegade Interstellar. <laughs> wow. Close. No. <laughs> um, Renegade Legion Interceptor is one. Oh, okay. All right. The rhyme is Renegade Legion rhymes with Trefect. Renegade Legion. Well, if it's Legion, I'm going to stick with the Roman theme. Prefect. You got it. There we go. This game was... I saw Mitch play it one time. Yeah, so that's how I know about it, because Mitch has, like, you know, added me to groups on Facebook about it. I've never played it. (laughs) And actually, I think Adam has played this one, too. He's def- you guys have definitely talked about yeah, it on the show Yeah, we have, before. but I've never played it, and I, I couldn't even remember the name of the series. They look interesting. I knew they were interconnected, but 
I know next to nothing about them as is obvious now. Nice. Well, uh, for an impromptu decision. (laughs) It is uh, funny though, because I, I kind of had a feeling that we had something sci-fi coming for some reason. So yeah. Let's see. Okay. Renegade Legion prefect. Yes. All right. I'm gonna look that up. And that's the one I looked over on my game shelf and I saw like second fleet and gunslinger. And I thought, no, 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 that's too easy. And then Renegade Legion Prefects popped out. All right. Whew. All right. Well, that was that was the war game game. That was the war game game. The game of war games. Well, and I know Mitch is going to beat me on that one because he actually plays and enjoys these games. Yeah, I imagine he'll get that one pretty quickly. Yeah. Let us know how you did, and we'll give you a star. Yeah. All right. I'm really excited for this. We've not many great games for me i know i played a lot uh dune was probably the best off that list maybe definitely the best kill team was really fun uh for you you had a lot of great games uh but here is a great game that we picked as voted on by our patrons for april yeah Uh, nato nato air commander is our featured game this month designed by brad smith published by holland spiel from 2018 this is a solitaire game. Yeah, we had a discussion on Discord a couple months ago about solitaire games. And basically, I think someone sort of said, hey, you guys need to include some more. And we were talking about the difference between games like Zeppelin Raider and games like Pavlov's House, where, you know, mm-hmm. you get to make interesting decisions rather than just sort of roll some dice and see what happens. This is definitely a make interesting decisions game. Yes. And. Not a whole lot of background to go in here, just because it's a hypothetical game. So this is Cold War Gone Hot. The Warsaw Pact has invaded Central Europe, and you are um, the commander of Allied Air Forces attempting to assist um, ground assaults as well as like take out strategic targets mm-hmm. and that type of thing. Broad picture here, and then I'm going to let you uh, maybe give some more detail, is to me... Like, if I'm looking at this from the the cockpit, like, way zoomed out, it feels obviously very much like a States of Siege system. Sure. Like, Absolutely looks like one. I mean, you've got six lines that the enemy is coming in on, and your job is to prevent the enemy from coming in on those six lines. At first glance, it definitely looks that way. Um, I think I've played... I guess I've only really played one States of Siege game. I played Ottoman Sunset, and this is mm-hmm. in a whole different league from that. Oh, I think in terms of quality, absolutely. Yeah. But I it think does this, resemble it, yeah. It plays like a state. I mean, you have six advancing tracks. Right. And so, but keep going. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, the basics of the game are, like you said, you are the, the air commander of NATO. Uh, the, the Warsaw Pact is advancing on six tracks. It's literally Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta, Echo, and Foxtrot tracks. Um, and they're slightly different lengths. I think most of them are four and a couple of them are three. Once they get to the end of the track, there's basically nothing else you can do. They're just going to accumulate victory points and you can't do anything else about it anymore. Um, but along the way, before you get to that point, you've got, uh, uh, a group of aircraft of different types and the silhouettes, they never really say what they are, but from the silhouettes, you can see you've got a tens and tornadoes and F 16s and, F-15s and, you know, if if you know aircraft, you'll recognize the silhouettes and you can see the stats basically meet up with them. Um, you've got one stealth bomber, or not stealth bomber, but a, a stealth fighter, which I think is cool. 
Um, and your job is basically just to put together air packages to try to slow their advance, as well as, like you said, attacking their uh, overall air defenses and their overall ground defenses, and sometimes even attacking your headquarters. Um the only way you're going to win this game is to get their air defenses and ground defenses mm-hmm. pulverized. Otherwise, the game will just be too, too hard because every time you put together an air package, basically you can put together as few as one, which you can do with the stealth fighter. Uh, but usually you're going to put five planes in the package and you've got any some number of them attacking the actual targets, some... D- providing air support, air cover, and some providing uh, suppression of the enemy air defenses. So like, you know, taking out their surface air missiles and stuff like that. And you're going to draw cards for resolutions, basically depending on what part of the raid you're in. And the cards, there are no dice in the game. The whole thing is a deck of cards. And the same deck of cards, if you've played um, uh, Fields of Fire, it kind of looks like that. Or Pavlov's House, where the cards have different things on them. No, Pavlov's house is different, but Fields of Fire mm-hmm. is definitely like this, where the same card will, depending on what you're using it for, have different numbers that mean different things. And basically, if you know, if you don't have enough air power to overcome that card's air defenses, the whole mission fails. If you don't have enough ground attack to cover that whole that mission's ground defenses then the whole mission fails. Then finally, you can put hits on the target. Additionally, you've got your commanders giving you missions, up to two missions every turn, basically saying, hey, I need you to hit Charlie twice this turn, or I need you to do seven total hits this turn. And basically, those things will give you some nice bonuses if you succeed in them, and will also give you resource points that you can use to mostly buy precision guided munitions which is mm-hmm. what i spent all of my resource points on <laughs> yeah. all the time because uh, a pgm will basically double your aircraft's value um so that's the basics of the game the game is going to play out over up to 10 rounds if the warsaw pact start gets over 20 points because they're moving too far then you have to draw a card at the end of the round and if that number of that card is over 20 uh your side launches nukes and you lose um, I, to be honest, I've played this game probably a dozen times and I've won maybe twice. It's hard, <laughs> but we talked about that earlier. Solo games, I think should be hard. It's fun. The last time I played this game, I literally made it to the 10th round. The last card of the game I played, uh, we nuked them. So I was going to lose either way, but it's like, oh man, I was so close to having uh, a less bad <laughs> loss this time. So, um, that's the basics of the game. It's not... It's not a it's not a difficult game to learn to play. The rule book is I don't know, twelve pages or something like that. Right. So but it's it's fun. Yeah, I think um you hit on everything like brilliantly. The one like kind of difference here between what I've seen in States of Siege, usually in States of Siege, if one line makes it, you lose. Yeah. This has different ways for you to lose, and then every line has to lose. Although if that happens, then that's a humiliating defeat, right. and you should pack up and, and try again. <laughs> um, yeah, this was really refreshing. It was really fun to play. I mean, mechanically, um, you you have objectives each turn, which are like, if you can go for those and knock those out and like achieve them, some of them, like, especially early on, like I had two... One time I was playing, I had Charlie and Delta both had to score four hits. That's tough. 
it was, especially on your first mission because you sure. haven't knocked out any defenses yet. Right. I was like, uh, all right, I'm going to go for one of these. And so you can get more resource points with those objectives. Then you go into recon phase, and like recon is like a, it's not really press your luck. It's like, all right, we're going to run recon until we bust. And then re- that can open up new types of missions. Then you assign your groups, you run all your groups. Then you do a ground combat phase, so like your close air support. If you did that, that assists the ground combat phase. That's what prevents the thrust lines from advancing. You got reinforcements come on. Certain events can happen. You do the points. Yeah. You re-rack, and you go again. The nice thing about those recon missions is that they allow you to do a decapitation strike, which yes. lets you actually take the worst cards out of the game. Right. Which is really nice. Which, that's like... And I think that's what's really... A, a good thing about this game i don't think i'm quite ready to like go into final thoughts but like is there is this like the more you play the more you like there's growth in the game like then you start identifying cards that you want to take out because mm-hmm. they're awful you identify the importance of taking out the defense tracks and like and those get like you can do work on them but they can also like they can re-strengthen those it's not like a, yeah. once you've knocked them out they're completely out basically the the defense tracks give you so the way the card resolution works is every card has different resolution values but they all go from 0 to 10 and if their number is higher is equal or higher than yours so say i send 8 points of uh of air to air combat into a mission i send 8 in i send a 6 and a 2 or two fours or whatever it doesn't matter um and then if when i draw the card if i draw an 8 9 or 10 then the whole mission fails. Um, but if I have knocked their air defense down, their air defense track is now at a negative one, then an eight for them becomes a seven and the mission passes. Well, toward the end of the game, you can get their air defense. I can't remember how high. You can get it down to like minus six or something and their ground right. defense down to about the same, which means you don't no longer have to send two planes to do the job. You can send one yes. plane in and basically guarantee your mission, which means at the beginning of the game, you can really only send about three air packages into fight. Whereas toward the end of the game, you can really double that up through the use of PGMs and having their air tracks knocked down and everything. So you can get more done with less. Yeah. And the things that flow through or that make it through to like the final target, basically you take whatever the applicable number is. So let's just say it's eight air rating or, or let me do eight ground and um, the, you divide that by five, drop any remainder. And that's how many hits you're going to inflict. Uh, so if it's eight, that's one. So obviously you want another plane, the two more to contribute. So you get two hits, mm-hmm. uh, but you need those planes early on to either assign them to other missions for the tracks or run in escorts or whatever. Um, you talked about like the um, the the two tests you do the ground defense and air defense. The the other component of this game is you do man. It's very simple, um, but like you do manage repairs and move things from like a re- yes. damaged side yep. back into your pool. And you have a decision and on you have that pilots. as well because there is actually a place that you can use your your damaged planes without risk of damaging them further and. You know, there's a place that you can stick them to temporarily lower the enemy's air defenses as well. That's, like, there's three scenarios, Mm -hmm. um, each with, like, different, like, escalation settings, basically. Um, And that's that's the game. Yeah. 
I I think where I want to start, and I want to get your thoughts on this too, is what we look for when we're playing a solo war game. And for me, it it needs to tell a story, right? Because otherwise, why am I playing a solo game? I, I want a story. I want to be able to be entertained and be like, whoa, that was really and, cool. I don't want to be a part of the story. I don't want to be an observer to the story. Yes, for sure. So story with interesting decisions. The the other thing I want is I want it to play like relatively quick. It doesn't need to be super fast. I'm fine spending like an hour mm-hmm. doing it. But like if I could get a game out in 30 minutes, which I did with this, like because it was going so poorly and then I <laughs> scooped. But like, I mean, it was over essentially. Um, so it needs to play relatively quick. And then more importantly, I think it needs to like set up quick. If I have to spend yeah. way too long setting up a solo game, I'm not going to do it yeah and this one does set up really quickly i mean you basically you know you've got some markers and you've got your planes which you depending on scenario you're you're going to use almost all of them you maybe just need to figure out which ones are reinforcements but yeah it sets up super quick so that's kind of like what i want to get out of a solo game or like what i what are the kind of the mark at least beginning marks for good solo game like do you do you look for anything else or uh Setup is nice. It's it's mostly the first two things you said. And the, for me, the biggest thing about a solo game is I want to have interesting decisions. I don't want to feel like I'm just following, you know, I don't, I don't want the die to tell me what happened. Yes. And although this is a you flip a card and it tells you what happens, yeah. there are. I'm, I'm going to back up real quick and just say NATO Air Commander rocks and it checked all of those boxes in great ways for me the interesting decision sure you flip over a card and that's fate and that tells the story but the decisions here are making up those air packages and how you're gonna allocate your forces Mm -hmm. and then what you're going to target to make sure your missions are as successful as possible yeah and there's a lot of risk reward involved in that because right you know you can Okay, do I want to send this this plane on this mission to guarantee that it succeeds? Or do mm-hmm. I want to have a second mission going and maybe I'll get lucky, I can, I can hit something twice, you know? What I do have a question before we get too far away from it and it leaves me. What do you like to use the, the stealth fighter for? Uh, I usually use In him general. for either... Uh, attacking the air defenses or the ground defenses. One of those two, whichever one I need more. The stealth fighter is an interesting one because he's, he goes on a mission all by himself. You can put him with other people, but really his goal is just to be by himself and he can avoid a bunch of the defenses. You just draw one card for him. But if you draw 10, he's out of the game permanently. Right. And then usually you're just going to get one hit because his, he's a six. He's really good on the dead missions. Yeah. Because or the because it's uses a strike. Same with the the air missions. Um, so he'll get a hit. It's just you better not roll a ten or or pull a ten yep. on either of those categories. And every aircraft in the game has a air value, a ground value, and a strike mm-hmm. value. And the rules are pretty straightforward. The on the back, it's got the sequence of play. The only thing I ever had to look up is figuring out. Even after I played it several times, okay, what do I use ground value against, yes. and what do I use strike value yep. against? Other 100%. than that, it's it's pretty simple. 
Yeah, and I, I, you know, we talked about this, like, there is a lot of decisions to be made here. I don't want to oversell that. This is a very easy, like, mechanically simple game. It's it's a lighter, solo war game. Yep. With good, interesting space. So, like, I don't want to, like, oversell that and lead anyone down the wrong path. But that being said, I really... So, I started playing this on BGA, and I, and I, I don't have my copy yet. But I, I was enjoying it so much playing this that like I'm I, this is just going to be a game that I own. Yeah. And he's I talked to last time I talked to Brad Smith was at the beginning of the year because we were talking about our most anticipated releases this year and he said Warsaw Pact Air Commander was probably going to come out this year, which is the sequel to this game. Um I haven't heard anything else out about it, so I assume that that's still on track, but um I am, you know, he is still he is working on the next one in this series and I'm curious to see how that one comes out as well. You know, yesterday he said, I'm going to quote his tweet here. He said, I'm very slowly working <laughs> I, on two games at the moment. I saw that. The, and neither of them were the, <laughs> yeah. No. The first one is about the Marines landing on Koh Tang in 1975. That sounds awesome. The other one, the other is about Wild Weasel in Vietnam. The title is, you got to be shitting yeah. me and no, I'm not changing it. <laughs> yeah. So when I saw him tweet that, I, I almost tweeted him back saying, does that mean you're not working on Orsa for <laughs> WPAC? But uh, I think he's from what I've heard from him in the past, he is that that one is, is close to being done. So I think he's talking about future games. So I, I mean, you, if, if Warsaw Pact was one of your most anticipated, I don't think you said it yet, but like, so what do you think of the game? Oh, I mean, I love this game. Okay. I, this yeah, is yeah. a game that I play. I mean, I get it out at least once a year and I'll play it two or three times and put it back. So and like I, I said, I, I got it when it first came out or close to it. It's been out, what, four years now? And I think uh-huh. I've played it a dozen times. So that sounds about right. And I think that's all you need to pull it out for. Right. It's not like, you know, you're not going to have these really in-depth conversations about it. I, it. It does. It fits into this spot really well, and it does it really well. And that spot is, yeah, pull it out, mm-hmm. do it a few times, do the thing, pick your cool air missions, and then do the thing it would be cool to like really trick this out and then like assign like the the aircraft types to the counters or or, like give your pilots names or or, like if you really wanted to just to really add this the story element yeah the pilots are not a huge deal in this game um basically they get you uh a redraw and then and then they're Mm -hmm. gone so you know they're not I, I don't usually buy the pilots. You have the things you can spend your resource points on are PGMs, pilots, and repairing your aircraft. And I spend very close to 100% on them on <laughs> PGMs. I just buy as many as I can every turn. And I use them all and buy as many as I can again. <laughs> so I think we can have some fun here with the recommended reading um, because like anything goes right i mean any cold war gone hot you know piece of fiction is is gonna work yeah. here i did i did tweet at brad smith and said hey what's the official playlist or i said do you have a playlist and he he reached he tweeted out um an official nato air commander spotify playlist so we'll have a link to the show notes so i don't know about recommended reading or watching but there is if you're interested about 20 songs that you can uh you can turn on while you play through uh play through a game nice. it's pretty solid yeah i would say anything by you know larry bond or something like that would 
would fit in with this genre. It's, you know, historical fiction kind of thing. Obviously, there's no no history to go with this because thankfully this didn't happen. Yeah, so I guess Larry Bond did part of Red Storm Rising. Would that be one? Yeah, Because uh, like I still that. haven't read Red Storm Rising, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so my recommended reading is recommended watching, and that's just go watch Red Dawn. Yeah, there you go. Wolverines. I mean, <laughs> that's right. I mean, there's a ground element to this, but yeah. Okay, should we rank it? Yeah, let's do. All right, so we have a list. It's a list of every war game ever made ranked from worst or best to worst. Uh, and yeah, Rich and I are on a mission to reveal every single game from this massive, massive block of muddy marble where we are merely the, the sculptors, the arbiters. We just take what is fact and reveal it to our listeners. That's all. No big deal. That's all. How many have we ranked? Uh, including TSWW now? Oh, we just put another one on there. So we're up to 48 now. All right. How many more? Well... There's several different answers, all of which are acceptable. According to BGG, there are about... How many war games are on BGG? A bunch. That's how many <laughs> Correct there are. Correct answer. But we can either stop when we have ranked at least 48 more, and that number will go up to 49 today, or when we have played every game that we both own. Okay. Or the meal, more real life more realistic one <laughs> is to rank all 109 pages of bgg war games yes yeah and and because it doesn't matter games that aren't classified as war games that we throw on this list yep. like uh viticulture <laughs> <laughs> all right let's rank it all right I think okay, the obvious so, place to start, for me anyway, yeah. is Pavlov's house. I think it's, and it's compatible. Compatible? I like this more. Make it easy for you. All right. I, and Unless you're like, no, I like Pavlov's house more. I would, I think I like this more. I just think it's, Pavlov's house is so tense and so hard. Mm-hmm. And But Pavlov's house is good. I do, I, I think I do like this more. I think this one is more fun. Uh-huh. Pavlov's House might be a better game. You know what I mean? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. They're they're both right in there, though. And I'm not, I mean, I would not argue either way, but I like this right around where Pavlov's House is, so. Okay. Pavlov's House is currently number 33. Gosh, my dog has just released the most (laughs) toxic fart I think I've ever smelled. Oh, my gosh. Stop feeding your dog chili. No. Oh my gosh, he's such a gassy good boy. He's a perfect dog, and he, then he repays me with this. Oh, so okay. I, I don't remember us zeroing in on that one this fast. So let's let's play around Pavlov's house. Um, Pavlov's sure. house is it's set up probably about the same. Pavlov's deck is house is not tough to set up. Pavlov's house definitely takes longer. It takes longer. I do think it takes longer to set up as well. Probably a little bit. Yeah. Pavlov's house is interesting because it's got the three different uh, yeah, scales yeah. all in one. This one is a, a simpler, lighter game. But like I said, I think this one's probably more fun to play than Pavlov's house. And you know what? It is a game after all. So I'm going to give it to the fun game. 
Wow. So I'm happy not with to say that Pavlov's house isn't fun. I'm not saying it's not fun. I'm saying this one's more fun. You said you're going to give fun. it to the fun game. No, I'm saying if the tiebreaker should be the more fun game. So. More fun yeah. game. So, Important. yeah, make this one 33. I'm okay with that. Uh, aren't me. Now you've okay. changed your mind. You want to argue the other way? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Above Pavlov's house is 1754. And oh, although I okay. like 1754, Plains Indian Wars is making me re- get, rethink all of existence in my love of that game. Um. <laughs> it's 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 a cancer that's spreading. <laughs> I'll tell you I'll tell you where Plains Indian War goes. Uh fine. Yeah, we can do that. We don't need to waffle on it the entire time. Right. Um I'll, okay, I'm so gonna one go above Discord, I'm gonna house? put Plains Indian Wars and Zeppelin Raider up on our voting and see where you vote. <laughs> <laughs> Oof. Uh, I I know which way I'd go. I uh Plains Indian War is better than Zeppelin Raider. That's good to hear. All right. Every time I uh, even think about Zeppelin Raider, I think of A Christmas Story when the kids playing with the little Zeppelin on wheels and <laughs> Christmas Zeppelin, morning. Whoopee! <laughs> All, All right. right. Yeah, I like Nate- this one at thirty-three. It's good. NATO, NATO Air, Air Commander. Commander number thirty-three, episode thirty-eight. Thirty-third best war game of all time. So far, and Zeppelin so... Raider is creeping toward the uh, wrong side of the half-century mark. Again, top heavy list, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you could put uh, Plains Indian Wars on just so that we have 50. <laughs> Should we? Uh, I'm not going to play it. Not after, not now. So you can wait till the end of the year or you can do it now. Your choice. Maybe you should wait till after you sell it so it keeps some of its there value. There you go. Right, right. <laughs> well, it's going in the it's going in the price pool. Okay. <laughs> um yeah we can wait for the end of the year we've we're already deep in it and we can't do it next month because next month we are double dipping um again so for those don't know that don't know we determine our games by a vote of a very exclusive group of individuals and that is our patrons if you want to be a patron you can go to patreon.com slash history table you can join and you can hang out with us you get a beer at historic fest at our uh, patron meetup, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff, all that kind of stuff. But the best thing is you can vote for our monthly game. And if you join at a certain level for you get a one-time, you just get to pick. You get to cut the line. You get to say, hey, you guys play this. And as long as it's a reasonable pick, <laughs> uh, like as long as you don't pick TSWW Barbarossa, then we're probably going to listen to you. So we have one for next month. And that is Front Toward Enemy, a game we've talked about and are both super interested in. Yeah, Vietnam game. A tactical game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll, we'll definitely be doing Front Toward en- Enemy. But Rich and I also want to play other games. That's so right. we're going to do our normal vote. And the way we come up with that is we pick some games and then Rich and I also stump for some games. Rich, what are you stumping for for May? Well, this is the year of naval war gaming, and I've been reading all these books about the Age of Sails. So, Flying Colors is on my wow. shelf of shame. I've been wanting to play that for a while. So, if you tell me to play it, I'm going to play it this month. You know what? I can get behind that. I really, I've held off on Flying Colors because I want to get the American uh, yeah. Serpents Serpent, of the Seas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's super hard to find, so I'm cool with picking this because then maybe that tells me is Serpent of the you, Seas. Now, if you buy the new Flying Colors, does that include Serpent of the Seas? No. no? Okay. It includes all the cool Flying color stuff that's come out. Okay. Uh, so, 
All right, I had a choice and I changed it live, throwing you a curveball nice. here. Um, Thunder Dawn. Obviously, I'm okay with that one too. That's good. <laughs> yeah, Missouri did, pick. So you already own this one? Did you buy system? it last time? Last year when I bought mine? Oh yeah, totally. Okay. I don't think I got the Shiloh one, but I got this one. Yeah. Yeah. Good yep. stuff. Okay, so Rich just talked about it. So Flying Colors, Thunder Dawn, and there will be three or four other choices you can pick from. Patreon.com slash history table. There we go. All right. Now's now's the point of the show where the kids, you've been listening for an hour and 45 minutes. The kids are asleep in the backseat of the car. We're still going on. And now we listen to the, this is the adult after hour where we talk about things like. History on the table after dark. That's right. Where we talk about things like trains, <laughs> smoke RPGs. Taking tricks. <laughs> B- BGG Golden Geek nominees. I think that's where we'll start. So, Board Game Geek, or do you have anything uh, War Game related before we get into the non War Game stuff? What's a War Game? No, I don't have anything. We're <laughs> How dare done you. with all that. <laughs> good, good, good. And and you know what we're gonna do now that we're but done talking about War games? games on the list. I was here. gonna yeah. say we're we're gonna we're gonna keep talking about War Games. Uh, so. Uh, BGG announced their Golden Geek nominees for 2021, and the War Games is a pretty solid list. Yeah, it's nice. And it actually, and this totally slipped under my radar. I've been so busy with work, I haven't really been keeping up on stuff, so I didn't even see that this came out. But uh, let's just go Chase. through. Yeah, the let's Atlantic do them in order. Sure. Sure. 1979 Revolutionary Rams. It's just alphabetical order. So right, Absolute War. GMT, yeah. Atlantic Chase, GMT, Bayonets and Tomahawks, GMT, Commands and Colors, GMT, Conquest and Consequence, GMT, The Dark Summer, GMT, Red Flag Over Paris, GMT, Soldiers and Postmen Uniforms, DVG, Undaunted Osprey Games, and 1979 um, is from, oh, I can't think of their name right now. Oh, it's from the Deets Foundation, who is doing Littoral Commander. That's the oh, uh, okay. sure. the nonprofit uh, war game yeah. company. Uh, great list. I've not played all of these. As uh, I'll just real quick, like I'll show my full hand here how I voted. Um, so from what I've played, I would say Atlantic Chase is one using BGG um, ranking deal. Bayonets and Tomahawks is two. Red Flag Over Paris is three. Commands and Colors Samurai Battles is four, and the other six I've not played, but there are some of those that I'm very interested in. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, let's see. I guess Atlantic Chase is the only one of these that I've played, so that's mm. my number one. Oh, Bayonets and Tomahawks, so good. But, um, so what interests you from this list? Well, I was going to take it the other direction first, not what interests me, but BGG tends to be a popularity contest. So sure. given the way Atlantic Chase is so hard to find and sold out and everything, I'm guessing that one will probably win. Um, of the other games, so Dark Summer, I actually have played that one a little bit. I forgot that I was helping play test that one with a friend. Um, and it was fine. And, you know, I mean, it was not bad. It was not great. It was just fine. Um, Bayonets and Tomahawks, I haven't played yet. Um undaunted i'm not really very interested in 1979 i'm looking at that one now just because of who published it i'm i'm enlisted and interested in at least taking a look and finding out more about it yeah and he uh 
uh, that was designed by Dan Bullock. I've like that's a game that I don't see it all the time, but when I do see it, I think people are really into it. Yeah. Plus the theme, like there's just not a lot of things on that, so right. pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a good like most war gamers. I, I shouldn't assume, but I think like this is a pretty good list. It's I think it's hard for something like another GCACW title to crack this list. I'm just assuming here. Other than Undaunted Reinforcements and Dark Summer mm-hmm. and Commands and Color. Okay, so, th- sorry, 30% of these, I guess, <laughs> are, um, like, continuations of series. But I think it's a good list. Strong joined by GMT, obviously. Any, anything else? Or should I should I take that, that transition I laid down and roll that into our GMT monthly update? Yeah, let's go to GMT. This is all GMT anyway. We'll go to that. Right. Okay, so GMT monthly update came out. Uh, a few games new to the P500 list, but only two new-ish ones. Mm-hmm. Battle Command Volume 1, remember we talked about how um, the Fast Action Battle series was going away. Well, this is the... Yeah, same designer, re- so yeah. Right, this is that new series replacing Fab. Mm-hmm. And then we got Borokin. Yep. Which is So this is the really one that came from Zenobia. The Zenobia Oh, Wars. okay. Yeah. Okay. I think I missed that in there. Yep. So yeah, I didn't know anything about this. I um uh, but November nineteenth, fourteen ninety three, Spanish conquistadors propelled by greed and armed with enlightenment landed on the sandy shores of Borican, home of the Taino people. If there are any Taino listeners, I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. Uh so yeah, it's uh it's it came from the Zenobia Awards. I guess it's the first one that's uh well hadn't been published yet, but the one first one ready to be published from there. I don't know if this person wanted or not, but that's what that one is. Man, some people are already salty about this one. Oh, no surprise there, I guess. Wow. <laughs> um, Where are you saying that though? On the on the page, like people are already rating this a one. Oh my god. I think because I don't know. Let's I <laughs> oh Lord. Oh Borican okay. is modern day Puerto Rico. Yeah, okay. I, yeah, I saw that on there. Um sneaky and biased banner ads. Well Okay. This game sounds really cool to me. Yeah. Let's see, what's the price on this? Uh, Ooh. What is it? Okay, 56. Mm, that's high for... Let me see if there's any art I, or anything on the... Yeah, there's a there's a prototype map. And just kind of looking at what that map looks like, like, I don't know. I think this should be, I don't know, 50... Uh, uh, I'll need to see more. It just seems high. I am interested in this. Like, thematics and, like, cool new mechanics, I'm down for all that, mm-hmm. so... Plus, play solo well, and yeah, it looks pretty cool. Borkin. Are you interested? Um, It's not not something I'm looking at. I mean, it'd be another one that if, if someone else played it, and I, I, I might look at it then. It's not the one that I would not play, but it's also not one I'm looking to P500, so. Nice. All right, well, coming up in the pipeline, we have Almoravid. We already talked about that. Yeah. Um some reprints you are getting red storm baltic approaches right yes yeah okay again battle for the shenandoah shenandoah 
and some last hundred yards mission packs. Oh, nice. This okay. Those are some of these things we've already known. They've been at the printer. Let's do a real quick check for Control F Red Winter. <gasps> Still sitting near an art department readiness. <laughs> I think it's been there a long time. Yeah. That's too bad. All right, let's look at the the hints. You want to guess some more? Oh yeah, let me find them. Or you can just read them if you got them in front of you. Yeah. Oh, hey there. Uh, oh, okay. Strategy game set in East Africa. Has I guess Simonich's Africa game's already been announced, right? The not it's not Zokbon directly, but it's similar. Has it? I don't remember that. I thought it had. I think it already had. Okay, maybe. Yeah, I think it was a few months back. I other than that, I don't have any guesses for this. New CDG from a design duo new to GMT. Well, we're not gonna be able to guess that because everything's new there. That's right. A solitary strategy game set in 15th century China. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like the topic. Solitaire only, even though we just did that. Mm -hmm. Not always the thing I'm jumping at. And it says something new for Commands and Colors players. Sure. So maybe like another... What's the latest Commands and Colors? It's Is it Samurai? Samurai Medieval. So maybe it's like another nation for the Samurai game or something like that. I'd maybe Medieval? So. Yeah. Could be the Huns or something like that, there which might go. be cool. There you go. All right. Everything else is just kind of the same stuff. Yeah. A good I didn't update. see anything else on there that really jumped out at me. Uh, let's see. What do we got next? Oh, a little train talk. Or uh, Do you hear that, Rich? What is that sound you I hear? hear? That? that is me inserting a train sound effect. <laughs> yeah, it's history off the rails, folks. That's the name we're going to maybe stick with it. Yes, and uh, I want to hear about Dutch Intercity because oh, it sounds man. like you went nuts over this one. Yeah, okay, so uh, Cube Rail's obs recent obsession. It's great stuff, just lighter train games, you know, not the full scale of 18xx games. Iberian Railway's a great game. There's four different actions you can take. You can build out your own tracks, and you kind of score based off your routes hitting different cities whoever gets the most it's it's fun it's not the one i want to spend my time talking about as much i do really like it and recommend it dutch inner city though whoa man this one's cool so the route lane aspect of this game is super simple you just like claim the route and if no one else claims it you get it and you put your cube down even if you don't have the money you get the route and if you and someone else claim it you kind of do a secret bid to see who gets to build on that route where this game really shines is the auctioning of shares because it's how the cash like makes its way into companies and, and what those companies do, all that cash left over and what they've used, any money they've spent to build tracks actually goes into the treasury and goes to shareholders. But the auction, you go around the table until one, so you do one full round around the table for playing four players each of those four players are going to pick a share to put up for auction, okay? Once that initial round around the table happens, as soon as someone is out of cash, no more auctioning. And so it's this really interesting component of, or like um, decision space of how much to pay mm -hmm. to make sure the auction ends without giving someone else an advantage. Meaning, like, I may want to overpay for that share you just put up for auction because if I spend my money, then the bidding's done. Like, we're done. We're not putting more up. But, like, 
Worst case scenario is I bid and I win and I'm left over with $2 and everyone else has like $7 left because everyone else might be, if they work together, they may each get like two shares a piece and I have $2 and can't do diddly with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Really, again, light game, it's just, it's got a great auction mechanic. I really like this. One of the best cube rails I've played so far, Dutch Inner City. Hmm. Interesting. There's a redraw of the map if you want to do a print and play. Finding the rules is the hard part. Um, but if you go to BGG and you go to the images, you'll find a redraw of the map that you can do your own print and play on. All you need then is uh, cubes to like mark where trains are built and then um, certificates. You don't need the route cards really. Cool. So there, you go. there you go. And that's, that's the first really... time you played that, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, you are talking about how much you liked it. It was it was fantastic. That's that's all the train talk I have this month. Yeah, I um, I guess I've played a little bit on eighteen XX games, but nothing like super memorable. I think we just started up another. What are we playing now? I'll actually check right now. We're playing. We just started up another game of eighteen AL. Oh yeah, you started up with someone who was new to eighteen or just train games in general. Yeah, yeah. So nice. we'll see how that one goes. Nothing really remarkable. I think we're like in the second operating round right now. Nice. Yeah. Rich, it's it's time to gather the family around. Yes. It's dark outside. It's feeling spooky. Old Gods of Appalachia RPG. Yeah. You get that email today? One, no. What is They it? are up to 1.5 million. Wow. And they just unlocked another stretch goal. So, um, yeah, so they've got a RPG coming out. I just signed up initially just for that, just for the PDF version, um, as they're getting more and more stretch goals unlocked. I, before they close it out, I will probably uh, upgrade that to something, but I'm definitely in for, at the very minimum, the uh, the PDF yeah, so the downside here is it's really expensive. Yeah, it is. For, like, just in terms of an RPG, just the book is $70. And you get the book, a PDF, some audio files, and some, like, prop stuff to, like, help you make props for the game. Yeah, and honestly, that stuff I don't really care about. Right. I mean, if there was more... I I would be more interested in more content i guess rather than things like props and the audio files and stuff like that i would want you know adventures scenarios background npcs stuff like that would be the stuff that would get me to pay more for the the one thing i'll say is my understanding in my past experience with monty cook stuff is it's good top quality stuff yeah um the downside is i think those stretch goals don't come with everything i need to spend some more time adjusting my own um i don't want a lot of this kind of just crap i i'm really excited for the source material i mean rich and i can't shut up about the show it's all very cool very exciting but like that's really expensive for an rpg book Mm -hmm. um i know an ip's tied to it but i don't know so I haven't really sat on it. I'm very excited, even with the using the whatever system it's using. It's it's 100% source material here that's carrying it for me. Yeah. 
Uh, I guess that's, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm looking maybe. at some uh, of the stretch goals here now. So at 550K, they did have a new adventure, 350K more creatures, 1.1 million more NPCs. But yeah, a lot of it is stuff that I really don't care about. A poster map, deluxe book with the art plates, audio for the game table. That's fine. I don't care if, if somebody likes it, great, but I'm not interested in that. Yeah. Again, I just need to see what's what's included. Yeah. It's Cypher system, by the way. That was the system. Yes. And you have messed around with Cypher, right? A little bit. I've never actually played it, but I own okay. the book and I started creating a, a campaign that used it. So nice. Cool. Uh, yeah. So it's Old Gods of Appalachia uh, RPG. It's going to close in five days. It's just something Rich and I've been really excited about, yeah. and so it's finally here. All right, let's talk about the other games. I have a really quick game that I just, I, like, I'm really high on right now. It's a very simple, light card game. It's called Mask Men. Okay. And it's it's a, sh- it's a shedding game. Have you ever played anything like Teach You or like in or college or, or when you're in the Navy or any time after, like something like Presidents and Assholes? I don't think so. doesn't sound familiar. So, like, generally speaking, if I, in, in those games, and this is a little bit different, if I play three of a kind, you can then play cards of a better three of a kind. Oh, okay. And you want to be the first one out. Okay. And so, the interesting thing about Maskmen is you're doing the same thing. If I play two of the weakest wrestler, you can then play two of a stronger wrestler and, and beat it and keep climbing, climbing, climbing until you're out of cards. But in Maskmen, you don't know which wrestlers are the strongest and weakest, and you do that instead of playing, if I play two of a kind, you play two of a kind. If I play one of one wrestler, you would then, instead of playing one, where you would normally match, you would play two, proving that that wrestler is stronger. And you kind of keep doing that until all the wrestlers have been proven, or or, or maybe not. Um, you, there's no, like, you, you'll never get, like, a super crazy play where you'll play all your cards at once. But you're always limited to a max of three cards, and it's just a very fun, quick game. I really liked. I've I've been trying to play it as much as I can. Where it's got this cool element where you don't know how good your cards are until you start playing through the round. Yeah, interesting. No, never heard of it. Yeah, it's from Oink Games. They're those people that make those little like little boxed games. Mm-hmm. You may see it like Miniature Market or something. Yeah. What about you? Any anything um, else in the other games? So category? yeah, actually, while I was at Donkey Kong, uh, after I got done playing Aerocourt, I played a game of CFR, which I had never played before. Yeah. You played that one? No, I own it. I bought an eBay copy because of the uh, the obsession of our friends with it. Yeah, they've got like a league going and everything. So I played a little bit. Um, what was the racing game that we played in Colombia? It wasn't CFR. Grand Prix. Grand Prix. Okay, so. To me, having played both of them, they felt pretty similar. Um, this one, I thought, I think I might maybe liked this one a little bit more because it was, you got to actually build your car at the beginning. Um, so you got, everybody got like the exact same deck of cards. And then you got to pick like, this is my braking. This is my acceleration. And then, so like you could get like higher top speed for plus two and then worse acceleration for minus one. And you had to come out, I think, they all had to have the same number. I think it was two. It doesn't matter. But everyone has the same. So it's like a point buy. But you get to make your own car the way you want to make it. And then you get to bid for starting positions, stuff like that. We only played one lap. And um, it was fun. I mean, it was, you know, I can see how it could be deep strategy for people that really get into it and everything. But for those of us just playing one lap, never playing it before, it was easy to pick up on. And it was a fun game. Nice. Yeah. 
And then I've been playing Arkham Horror Living Card Game, which we probably talked about before, but I've been playing that more lately. In fact, I even, my wife and my daughter both wanted to play it, so I went out and bought some more cards because the the starter kit doesn't really have enough to make three full decks. So we've been playing that, and my daughter is, eh, she says she likes it, but she kind of zones out every time we play. So my wife and I, I think, decided last night, you know what, we're just going to play this ourselves. So we're going to play through the full campaign and or at least the first I've got the, the core set and the Dunwich legacy. So we'll probably yes. play through both of those and probably continue would, on from there. I would say, obviously you do you Dunwich legacy blows the base box campaign out of the water. In my opinion, I do, I like like kind of the story involved yeah. with the base campaign, but it's really hard to do well in it. Mm-hmm. Um, Dunwich legacy is really when I was like, that's what really made Arkham Horror LCG click for me. It's really good. Okay, cool. I mean, would, nice. to the point like where oh. you, would you would you say just skip the core box and go straight to Dunwich? No, I think okay. if you like do it because it's only three missions right. um, in the core box, and so like just do it, but don't let it deter you. And then I think it just takes like the other ones take like more of a story approach and more like incremental ramp up. Just better like cards and interactions and yeah, we yeah. are actually already because I couldn't find another core set, and uh-huh. I was just gonna buy just another investigator. But you can buy like the five investigators from Dunwich for like uh, thirty bucks or something like that. So I just got those and figured I'll just pull some cards out of their deck, add them into the starter decks. And the one card that we really like is my wife is playing the uh, like the street urchin Wendy, I think. Uh-huh. And her with the fire hydrant, she can evade anything because <laughs> she's got like a four evade and the fire hydrant gives you a plus three evade or something. So seven evade. She's just like a disabling almost every monster in front of us, which is really nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Like the green characters are I don't remember if Wendy's green or not, but like evade based characters. Yeah. Uh, I played that solo mm-hmm. not too long ago, and it was just tons of fun to basically like run around, yeah. grab my clues, like oh, 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 can't touch me, can't touch this, and yeah. you just do your own thing. Yeah, I I love some. We did play some Arkham Horror at Donkey Kong and just got destroyed. Okay, I knew you guys were talking about it, but I think you probably played. Obviously, I wasn't there much. Right. One of the nights I wasn't there, so. Yeah, we did the blob based one shot scenario, uh-huh. and it started out like. I was like, oh, cool. Here we go. Like, okay, I really like this. And then it kind of like progressed to like, I don't like this scenario. <laughs> and then once we made some progress, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Actually, we're still going to lose very, very badly. Yeah. But I actually kind of like this scenario now. It's a hard one. Nice. Is nice. that one of the, the one shots that just comes in uh-huh. a blister pack? Okay. Yeah. Um, I've played three of the one shots now. Curse of the Rogaru, the hotel. The hotel's pretty cool, but we didn't have the right group composition. You really, at least how it shook out for us, should probably come prepared with some com. And, and that more or less seems to be, maybe not Curse of the Rogaru so much, but the blob and the hotel really seem to be combat-based. Mm-hmm. Like, you need, you need a red and a blue character probably yeah. um, to really go after yeah. those two. we lost the last scenario we played i was playing roland because uh-huh. i just i was just kept drawing and kept drawing and kept drawing and couldn't get my gun so you know it's hard to hard to win a combat character when you don't have a weapon in your hand so <laughs> right right 
and that's and that is something more like the like when you're playing the the ongoing stuff mm-hmm. like losing in that game all, doesn't always mean defeat it may just have ongoing consequences yeah and then i I'll, i enjoy most of the time there are some real stinkers i i haven't but like most of the time i'm okay losing in arkham horror because the outcome is still interesting and and the gameplay is good enough that's good we will i'm sure we'll finish up the core box by the next time we record so i'll let you know how it goes did you get the reprint of dunwich like where they put everything in one box or did you get some of the older stuff of it uh i think the dunwich i have was relatively new i don't have the new core set though because my core set is a what from a while ago i mean not that long ago but they've changed um how they're releasing the cycles yeah i knew that and they're yeah they're going back to some of the older ones as well um so like now with the newest one you buy the box of investigators and then you buy the adventure so like okay. before it would be and like okay here's your dunwich legacy I think base box I and then you buy these six packs because i do because okay, have... you said you bought the investigators right, right right yeah so that's the new model and it 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 may be a little bit more expensive but it's also nice to be like okay here's everything you don't have to wait for anything yeah. if you want it go or if you just care about the investigators here you go too yeah and i noticed they also have what i was looking for is they have an investigator deck in a blister pack like a brand new investigator full deck Uh pre-built and everything but they were out of those at miniature market but that's what i really wanted because i don't really enjoy the deck building part of it i just want to play it you know what i started the same way and then like once i found once i really found a character like and then like i got more into it yeah it's not as like as it's just something that grew yeah. on me. It's not the best. Well, that's, yeah. that's kind of why I stopped playing Lord of the Rings LCG, uh-huh. just because that one, it's it's very much about the deck building. Sure. So. Sure. Nice. Yeah. That's good. good stuff. All kinds of different, a whole bunch of war games, some card games, train games, dreams of RPGs playing. <laughs> yeah. I guess Ooh. I didn't look at the... Uh, the results from the the doodle but i guess looks like tom's town's not going to happen this month yeah i gotta talk about um like or we gotta run a man down yeah and so i'll, I'll ask something about i'm not crazy about running a man down but um i would like to get one more in yeah to uh i do have a uh a little questionnaire for you all right I forgot to put it on here, so it's a little bit off guard. All right, here we go. Okay, first off, congratulations to me for winning <laughs> the uh, Hockey Hotties inaugural. Absolutely, yeah. So much bringing, respect. Uh, bringing the the championship home to the MMP division. Yeah. I defeated Ryan in the championship, um, but we're not here to gloat about that. We're here instead to talk about playoffs and you rich are gonna pick okay every first round matchup oh okay you ready uh yeah yeah gonna read them to me because i'll have them in front of me yeah yeah yeah. Right. of course of course all right so we'll start with the now Atlantic. the east is gonna be a crapshoot for me that's those would be total guesses <laughs> sure. i don't really follow the east too much but go for it all right point leading florida panthers or washington capitals I'm going to go with Florida on that one. Although, okay. I mean, it's it's tough to count Ovechkin out, but I'll go sure. Florida. They've been so good all year. 
Although it it, it wouldn't completely <laughs> surprise me to see them do what Tampa did a few years ago. But I, I could see I that. Gonna, I think it'll be Florida. All right. Um, then it's in in the Atlantic as well. It's Toronto and Tampa Bay. And here's where I'm going to go the opposite. I'm going to go Tampa. Nice. Is so it, Toronto's the two seed, uh, Tampa's the three yeah, seed. Yeah, I know. But I think it's going to be Tampa. Nice. Toronto, yeah, I mean, Toronto has a curse, and Tampa knows how to win playoff series. <laughs> I, my gut is to agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I think Toronto, if they don't. I know. Toronto's going to burn <laughs> if they don't. That's probably the case. All right. Uh then in the Metropolitan, Carolina Hurricanes versus Boston Bruins. Well, for two reasons. One, I will never pick Boston. And two, yeah. I'm rooting for the Canes over there, so we'll go Canes. Hell yeah. Love it. Uh I won eighty seven cents <laughs> for them for them winning the, the Metropolitan. Uh the big bets are them winning uh winning the conference and then winning the Stanley yeah. Cup. All right. Uh, the other matchup is New York Rangers versus Pittsburgh Penguins. Hmm. They go go Pittsburgh on that one. Blues have played both of them recently, and I've actually seen all those games, and Pittsburgh looked better. Yeah, I think that I'd agree with that. I, I would go Pittsburgh as well. Uh, Central Division. Number one, Colorado Avalanche or four seed Nashville Predators. Man, I would do anything to see the Preds win that, but it's going to be Colorado. Yeah, right. I mean, they're a little bit like Colorado's had some early exits as well. I mean, obviously they they have, but this right. year they man they just look so good. Yeah, they, just don't they have had any weaknesses right now. They had 119 points, and the Panthers had 122 points. I know. Both it's crazy. Killer it's years. crazy. I mean, a lot of teams this year. I mean, the what the Blues get 107 or something. 109. And, fin- and, and they finish in third place. <laughs> well, okay, but the like the Pacific Division, you know, like who got in? The Kings. I don't know. Yeah, With under I mean, points, Calgary I is really the only good team on that side. Right. Yeah. All right, uh, so then we'll go with your boys, uh, yeah. Wild or Blues. Yeah, it's got to be the Blues. Nice. You, you you think you can stop Krill the Thrill, huh? Yeah, it's going to be the Blues. All right. Blues finished with nine 20-goal scorers this year. That's amazing. That's crazy. Yeah, I, and that's the other thing about the Rangers. I don't think the Rangers had, like, a dominant. Yeah. Um. That can't be right. 52 goals from Chris Kreider. Damn, I guess I take that back. Hmm. The Rangers did have a... Yeah, Bl- Blues' top guys for goals was Tarasenko, and I think he had like 35 or something. Which, I mean, obviously that's good, but nobody in the Blues was in that superstar category. But come playoffs, it's depth. Nine guys sure. that scored 20 goals this year. That's going to be tough to stop. Yeah, I mean, the Canes are in a similar boat. Um, what's good is that the offense is picking back up after a pretty bad march yeah um things seem to be on the up for them okay uh on the pacific division uh two teams i hope both lose (laughs) calgary flames or dallas stars yeah i mean the calgary is really the only good team and dallas is was lucky to even make it in so i'd go calgary there they just about blew it Yeah. yeah okay uh then the final matchup oilers kings 
uh, I mean, that's like two teams that both step over themselves all the time. You know, I mean, <laughs> Oilers, obviously they've got some amazing top end talent, but right, man, they screw up a lot. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, I just, I don't see how the Kings have anything to put up against them. So I, I guess I'll go Oilers. Yeah. I mean, I think, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was supposed to be like a pretty down year for the Kings. Um, and but obviously yeah. they made the playoffs, but it's in the Pacific, which is you know pretty weak. Yeah, I mean, I think it, obviously if you had picked preseason, and I don't really make any official picks or anything, it'd be more likely to see obviously Vegas or maybe even San Jose making it over the Kings. Right. I mean, the Kings in you know, like pre-COVID were not they were on the downward yeah. slide i just haven't followed them much yeah. i i think it's edmonton it's hard I to mean, believe jonathan quick is still playing right i someone had asked me actually uh like last summer about jonathan quick i was like no nah, i don't think that guy's still there <laughs> <laughs> and then i saw him, i was like oh shit he is still there yeah i, I think edmonton yeah but i would that would be an interesting edmonton calgary matchup oh yeah sure for the Nice. All right. There's your there's your hockey content. Awesome. So let's hockey see. A month from now when we record again, I mean, we'll probably be looking at conference finals then. Yeah. I. Um. Well, let's see. Yeah. So last week of May the first four games finals. will go a week. If they go through game seven, that'll probably extend round one for two weeks. I guess we might be. You're probably right, but I think there maybe is a chance that we're not there. Yeah. So let's make our picks just for the conference finals. Who's going to go against two? So I'm going to say. Okay. Colorado against. I'm going to say Colorado Calgary. I mean, I know that's the that's the chalky pick, but I I believe it there. Okay. And on the other side, I'm going to go. Can Carolina play Tampa in the second or third round? They would play – I need a bracket. I have a list. Yeah. I think they would play them in the conference final. Okay, I'll go Carolina-Tampa then. Then for the finals, I'll go Colorado over Carolina. <sighs> okay. I'm not um, rooting for it. I'm just saying I don't – the Colorado looks like they're unbeatable. But you never know. Yeah. So Florida-Carolina for the conference finals with Carolina going on in the Stanley Cup. And then in the West – um oh geez sure colorado i mean like really i'd rather even the blues yeah. i'd rather any of the other three get there and i'll say edmonton just to make it spicy and not pick calgary <laughs> uh with a avalanche carolina showdown with carolina winning it all nice well i hope you're right well i mean hope it's blues over carolina but <laughs> No, yeah. no, 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 I don't know. I, I, like before, like once I really started following Winnipeg, like my interest in in the Wild, I still have some interest in the Wild. I don't dislike their team over the like since I've gotten mm-hmm. into hockey, it's a little bit less. But and that Caprizov is he's gonna be good. Yeah, the older he gets. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the Blues and the Wild are 
very evenly matched and they played good hard games against each other. Doesn't seem like they hate each other. I mean, I don't really hate anybody. Friendly rivalry. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily call it friend, but like there's some teams like Colorado, we're starting to hate them. Vegas, we right. hate them. So, yeah. you know, but Minnesota, I don't know. If, if, if Minnesota were to somehow win the whole thing, I, I'd be happy for them. I don't know if they will, but no, I don't yeah. Think so. uh, yeah, I think uh, I'm really hoping for Carolina. Um, Freddie Anderson needs to get healthy yeah. if they really want to go deep. But All right. That's going to do it, yeah? That's it. I'm getting an alert. Is there hockey tomorrow? Uh, I know the Blues play Monday. I don't know if there are any games tomorrow. I, you know what? I think this is the weather update. The Kraken and Jets play tomorrow. <laughs> oh. And I just have to ask why. Like, someone, like. Exactly. Like, surely. That's the one like, that got snowed out? I think so. Oh I think gosh. that's what this is. Like, they're not going to start Hellebuck. And I can't imagine that. I mean, not that Seattle has any stars, but, like, the Jets aren't going to start, like, Connor that's, or yeah, Wheeler or anything, ridiculous. right? I mean, why would you? Yeah. I didn't. I mean, I, I guess because no fans have happened. tickets and because I know in baseball, if the game doesn't mean anything, they don't make it up. I'm surprised that they're doing it in hockey. I don't know about this. Anyways, <laughs> I was like, "What a Jets game tomorrow?" But... <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I think that's a good place to. We'll see if it if it shakes out. Um. I think it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to this playoff hockey, though. Yeah, me Starts too. on Monday. Absolutely. I think Plains, Canes play Monday at 6, and I won't be able to watch any Blues, but I yeah. uh, should be able to blues watch all the other play stuff. play at 8.30 on Monday, which is annoying, but it's always that way. I mean, you've got Blues in Minnesota playing at 8.30. Hmm. I know. It's stupid. I, maybe if they were playing Colorado, I could see that. But I know. Just they seems, do that all huh. the time. <laughs> all right. All right. That's going to do it for us, folks. we got some... Uh, if you need to join our discord, there's a link in the show notes. Feel free. Come by and introduce you. If you're joined, like say, Hey, don't just uh, stumble in and then uh, be a ghost or tell us about yourself. What games you like to play. You can vote in the discord does every war game ever. Um, we're like almost 80% done with it. Nice. And then by the time we finish, it'll be time to re-rack and do it again mm-hmm. for next year. Yeah, we've uh, all we've, been voting with, like, no real idea of how far along. Every once in a while you do say something like that, but we just vote. And we don't know how far along we are. It'll be interesting to see how it finally turns out. There's been a few surprises here and there. Yeah, and what's interesting is, like, I can click through to see, like, what's buried behind things that aren't getting picked. Uh-huh. And, like, you kind of forget some of those games because they won't come up because that's just how the force ranking works. Yeah. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens and shares and supports the show and a special thank you to our patrons, uh, who, uh, you know, help pay the bills and also help with giveaways and, uh, patron meetups, buying everyone a beer, all that stuff. So thanks for doing that. We have a website, historyonthetable.com. Rich, you're online. Yeah. Trapeer Jr. on Twitter is probably the best way to reach me or on Discord. I'm on there all the time as well. And if they want to reach you on AOL Instant Messenger? Yeah, I'm uh, blueslover73 <laughs> at AOL.com. <laughs> Unfortunately, blues lover was taken, so you had to, you had to settle for yeah. blue lover. Yeah. Blue lover. Uh, yeah, I'm at History Table Pod, or the best place is, uh, yeah, History on the Table Discord. We're there. 
hanging out. Uh, hey, yeah, Historic Fest. Um, get signed up by May 19th and uh, do the thing. There's a link to the hotel in the on the tabletop.events webpage. The best place to go for that is historicfest.com, H-I-S-T-O-R-I-K-C-Fest.com. There will be a link in the show notes. There's also a link on the main show notes table website. We will be back in May, and then we'll take a little pause, but um, we'll definitely record before May 30th because... There will be a baby on the table coming in a second. Nice. All right, that's going to do it, folks. Thanks, everyone.